The first book of the whole Bible, the book of Genesis, says that in six days the Lord God made the whole world and everything in it. Yes, God made the sun and sky and dry land and oceans and plants and fish and birds and animals. And then God made the first people, didn't he? Do you remember the names of the very first man and woman? Yes, Adam and Eve. And the Lord God made the beautiful Garden of Eden for them to live in. But why did they have to leave this Garden of Eden? Do you remember? That's right. Adam and Eve had sinned by eating fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree that God had told them to leave alone. In fact, the Lord God had told them that if they ate fruit from this tree, they would die, hadn't he? So even though God still loved Adam and Eve after they had disobeyed him, they had to leave the Garden of Eden. But why would they have to leave the Garden of Eden just because they had disobeyed, had sinned? That's right. They had to leave the Garden of Eden so that they wouldn't be able to eat from the tree of life and live forever. But first, the Lord God gave them the promise of a Savior, someone who would make a way for sins to be forgiven. And who would that Savior be? Yes, that Savior is Jesus. But let's get back to the book of Genesis. After Adam and Eve had to leave the Garden of Eden, they began to have lots of children. But we were told especially about two of them. What were their names? Yes, their names were Cain and Abel. Well, when they grew up, Cain got very angry, and he killed his brother Abel, didn't he? But then the Lord God gave Adam and Eve yet another son named Seth, who then worshipped the Lord. Well, lots and lots of people were born and grew up. Some people lived in tents, and other people lived in cities. There were farmers and ranchers and musicians and men who worked with different kinds of metals. But as there got to be more and more people, they became very bad. They didn't worship the Lord, and they did many very bad things. So today I'm going to tell you what the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, tells us happened then, after things got so very bad. Now, there was one man who wasn't bad. This man's name was Noah. Noah was one of Seth's great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren. Noah worshipped God and obeyed him. And Noah had three sons whose names were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Well, one day God spoke to Noah, and God said, The world has gotten very, very bad, so I'm going to destroy the world and everything in it. 
I'm going to do this by sending a big flood all over the whole world. A flood is when a whole lot of water comes to a place. But this flood wouldn't just be in one place. It would be all over the whole world. That would wash the world all clean and good again, wouldn't it? Then God said to Noah, You are to make an ark, a big boat. That way you will be safe when the flood comes. And God said, You will build rooms in the ark, and I will have two of each kind of animals and birds and crawling things come to you, and you will take them into the ark with you. Then they will be safe in the ark with you when the flood comes. Crawling things would be like lizards and snakes and bugs. And God said, You are to take all kinds of food into the ark. That way you will have food for you and the animals. Then God told Noah just how to build the ark, how big it was to be, and what kind of wood to use, and everything. It sounds like the ark was to be shaped like a great, big, long, sort of flat box. It was to be about as big as one of our early battleships. And the ark was to have three stories in it. And there was to be a window near the top of the ark. And Noah was to put waterproof stuff all over the ark both on the inside of the ark and on the outside of the ark. The word ark means box, by the way. Now, that would be a lot of really hard work to build an ark that big, wouldn't it? So what do you think Noah did? Why, he got busy and he built the ark just the way God had told him to do it. It took Noah a long time to do that, but he obeyed God and got the ark built. The Bible doesn't tell us if Noah did the work all by himself, or if his sons helped him, or if he paid people to help him. All the Bible says is that Noah did just what God had told him to do. Well, Finally, the ark was all finished, and one day the Lord said to Noah, You and your family are to come into the ark now, because I have seen that you live as I want you to. And the Lord had Noah take into the ark with him seven of some kinds of animals and birds, and two of the rest of the kinds of animals and birds, mamas and daddies of each kind. That way, after the flood was all over, these animals and birds could have lots of babies to fill the earth again. Again, Noah did just what the Lord told him to do. The animals all went into the ark, and Noah and his wife and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives, eight people, all went into the ark. And the Lord closed the door of the ark so that they would be all safe when the flood came. Well, then it started raining.
It rained and rained and rained. For forty days it rained. And the Bible also says that all the great fountains of the deep opened up. I'm not sure just what that means, but evidently some way water also came up out of the ground. Anyway, the water got higher and higher and higher until the whole world was covered with water. Even the highest mountains were covered with water. God was really going to wash the world all clean again, wasn't he? But all of this time, Noah and his family and the animals were all safe in the nice big ark that God had told Noah to build. And the ark just floated around on the water. Wasn't God good to them? Well, after forty days, finally stopped raining, and the fountains of the deep were closed. And now there was nothing to be seen on the whole earth except the water that covered the whole world, even up over the mountains, and the ark floating around on the water. Now it would take a long time for all of that water to go down and for the ground to be dry again, wouldn't it? Well, now God made a wind go over the waters, and the waters started going down. And finally, after a long time, the ark stopped floating around and settled down on some mountains. These mountains were called Ararat. But there was still water everywhere, and Noah and his family and the animals were still inside of the ark. It sounds as if Noah could look out of the window in the ark and see all that water. And after a while, the tops of the mountains could finally be seen, and the waters kept going down. But still, Noah and his family and the animals were inside of the ark. Then, after another while, Noah opened the window in the ark, and he took one of the ravens, a big bird, and he put it out of the window. The raven just flew around and didn't go back into the ark. And Noah also sent a dove, another bird, out of the window of the ark. The Bible says Noah did this so he could find out if the floodwaters were all gone. It sounds as if Noah couldn't see everything from the window. Well, the dove came back to the ark because things were still wet and there was no place for her to stand. So Noah put his hand out of the window and took the dove back inside the ark. We aren't told, but I guess maybe the raven just flew around and then sat on top of the ark when it got tired. Anyway, Noah waited a week. Then he put the dove out of the window again. This time, when the dove came back to the ark, she had a leaf from an olive tree in her mouth. So then Noah knew 
that the waters were really going down a lot. Noah then waited another week, and he put the dove out of the ark again. This time, the dove didn't come back. So things were really drying up, weren't they? Then Noah took the covering off of the ark and looked out. We aren't told what this covering was. But anyway, now Noah could really see what was going on. And what do you think he saw? Why, the ground was dry up on the mountain where the ark was. But Noah and his family and the animals still waited inside the ark. Well, several weeks later, the ground was really dry. So then God spoke to Noah and said, Now you can all go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives, and take out all of the animals that were in the ark with you, the birds and animals and the things that crawl around. Then they can have lots of babies to fill the earth. So Noah and his whole family went out of the ark. And all of the animals and birds and crawling things went out of the ark. I'll bet they were all glad to be outside again, don't you? Now, how long do you think Noah was in the ark after it started raining? Do you think it was just a few days? No. The Bible tells us that after it began to rain, that Noah and his family and the animals were in the ark for a year and ten days. That's as long as from one Christmas until the next Christmas and then New Year's Day. You see, it had both rained and the fountains of the deep been open for over a month, remember? So then, with that much water, all over the whole earth, even way over the tops of the mountains, it took a long time for all that water to go down and dry up. But the Lord had taken good care of Noah and his family and all the birds and animals in the ark, hadn't he? Well, now they were all out of the ark. And what do you think? was the first thing that Noah did. Why, he did the very best thing he could do. He thought of the Lord. Yes, Noah built an altar and made a big sacrifice to the Lord on it. That was a way to worship the Lord and to thank him for taking care of them, wasn't it? We should always thank the Lord for being so good to us, shouldn't we? Well, the Lord liked the sacrifice that Noah had made. And the Lord said, I will make the ground grow well for men again. Remember that after Adam and Eve had sinned by eating the forbidden fruit, God had told Adam that the ground wouldn't grow food easily for him anymore. And the Lord said, I know that people will always sin. But as long as the earth is here, there will always be a time to plant seeds 
any time to gather food, and there will always be summer and winter and day and night. And then God blessed Noah and his sons and told them to have lots of children and grandchildren to fill up the whole world again. And God said, Animals will be afraid of you, but they are for you to use, and you can eat anything you want to. And God gave some other rules to Noah, too. Then God said to Noah and his sons, I am going to make a covenant with you and your sons and with all of your descendants. Descendants means a person's grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, and so on. God said, And I will make this covenant with all the animals and birds that were in the ark with you. A covenant is an agreement. So God is going to tell Noah and his sons something that he says he will do. But notice that God said it was also a covenant that he would make with all people, which means that it was to be a covenant with us, too, wouldn't it? So let's see what this covenant is. God said, My covenant with all people and animals is that never again where there be a flood that is all over the whole world at one time. Then God told Noah that he would give a sign that would remind God and remind us that God had promised that there would never be a flood over all the world again. And what do you think that sign is? Why, that sign is the rainbow. Yes, every time we see a rainbow in the sky, we can remember that God promised that never again would there be a flood all over the whole world. Now, there are floods sometimes in just one place, but there will never again be a great big flood all over the whole world at one time. So the next time you see a rainbow in the sky, you can think of God, and you can remember that covenant, and you can remember the story in the Bible about Noah and that big flood, can't you? I'm glad God gave us the rainbow of a sign of this, aren't you? Now, Noah was a prophet. That means that God let him know some things that would happen someday. And Noah made a prophecy about his son Shem. Noah said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem. And then Noah said, And Japheth will live in the tents of Shem. Now what does that mean? I think this means that people would learn about God from Shem. But how could we learn about God from Shem? Well, Shem became the great-great-great-grandfather of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Jacob's twelve sons. 
And that means that Shem is the great-great-great-great-grandfather of all of the Jews, doesn't it? And the Lord chose the Jews as his special people, didn't he? And the Lord said that he would be their God and people would learn about the Lord God, about the Lord, from Shem's descendants. But how would people learn about the Lord from the Jews? Well, we learn about God from the Bible, don't we? And since the Bible is written by Jews, that is how we today learn about the Lord from Shem. Because Shem was the great-great-great-grandfather of the Jews who wrote the Bible. That may be a little confusing, but think about it for a few minutes, and I think you'll understand. Also, one of Shem's great-great-great-great-grandsons was Jesus. That is really a blessing, isn't it? Because Jesus is also God, and Jesus is the only one who can forgive our sins and make it so we can be with God someday. Yes, Jesus died on the cross for our sins and was then alive again. And if we trust in Jesus and ask him to save us from our sins, he will. And then, of course, we should do what the Lord wants us to do, to be obedient to him. And someday we can be with the Lord God. How wonderful! God loves us so much, doesn't he? But let's talk just a little more about Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, shall we? Okay, well, Shem, Ham, and Japheth begin having children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren until finally there were lots of people again. Some of them loved God. Some of them didn't pay any attention to God and what he wanted. Well, they traveled down out of the mountain of Ararat, and finally settled down on a nice flat part of the earth. And of course, since they were all brothers or cousins, they all spoke the same language. And they began to be afraid that they would be scattered all over the world. So what do you think they decided to do about that? They decided to build a city with a big, tall tower in it. That way they could all live together around this city and tower. They said to each other, Come on, let's make bricks and bake them well. So they began making lots of bricks to use to build the city and tower. Well. The Lord knows everything, doesn't he? So, of course, he knew what the people were doing. And the Lord said, Look here, the people are all one big family, and they all speak the same language. They will be able to do all sorts of things. And the Lord said, Let's make it so that they don't all speak the same language anymore, so that they won't be able to understand each other. You see, God knew that if the people all stayed together, 
they would start doing lots of bad things again. So the Lord made it so that the people had different languages. They became confused and couldn't understand what other people were saying. And then the groups of people with different languages stopped building the city and tower, and they moved away from each other and were all over the earth instead of being in only one place. But the place where they had been all together has a name. Its name is Babel, or Babel, which means confusion. In fact, we get the word babbler babbling from this. We call the tower they were starting to build the Tower of Babel, that is, the Tower of Confusion. Many years later, a big city would be built sort of near there, and it would be called the city of Babylon. In fact, there is still a place near there called Babylon. Well, now the people were scattered all over and settled down in different parts of the world and built cities and formed different countries. But some people still lived in the big, flat land near where the Tower of Babel had been started. One of the cities there was named Ur. And about 400 years after the flood, there lived a certain man in the city of Ur. This man was named Abram. The Lord told Abram to leave Ur and to go to another land that he would show him. Well, Abram had faith in the Lord. He trusted him. So Abram obeyed the Lord and left Ur. And the Lord had Abram go to the land of Canaan. Later, God changed Abram's name to Abraham. And as I just said, Abraham became the great-great-great-grandfather of all of the Jews. And many years later, the land of Canaan's name was changed to the land of Israel, where the Jews lived. And that is the same land of Israel that we hear about today. All right, now, that is all we're going to talk about today, but another time I will tell you more about Abraham. But let's quickly see what we've talked about today. We said that God had created the whole world, but that Adam and Eve had disobeyed and had to leave the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve had lots of children, and we talked a little about two of them, Cain and Abel, and how Cain killed his brother Abel. Then Eve had another son named Seth, who worshipped the Lord. But other people kept getting more and more bad, so finally the Lord decided to wash the world clean again. But who was the man that God told to build the ark? Yes, this godly man was Seth's great-great-great-great-grandson, and his name was Noah. So Noah built the ark, and Noah and his wife and his three sons and their wives eight people, all went into the ark. Now, what were Noah's sons' names? That's right, 
Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And lots of animals and birds and crawling things went into the ark with them. For well, the rains came and the waters got so high that they even covered all over the mountains. But Noah and the others and the animals were all safe inside of the ark, weren't they? God was very good to them, wasn't he? Do you remember how long the Bible says they were in the ark after the rains came? Yes, a year and ten days. Well, after the waters finally went down, God told Noah and his wife and his sons and their wives and the animals to go out of the ark. And what did Noah do then? Yes, he built an altar and made a big sacrifice to the Lord. And what did God then promise? That's right. God promised that there would never again be a flood that would cover the whole world. Do you remember the sign that God gave about this promise of never again a worldwide flood? Yes, the rainbow. Then there were lots of people born, and they wanted to stay all together. They began to build a big city and a very tall tower. What do we now call that tower? Yes, the Tower of Babel. But the Lord God knew they would start doing all sorts of bad things again when they were all together. So what did the Lord do about that? That's right, the Lord made it so that they began speaking different languages. And then the different people stopped building the city and tower and began moving away to live all over the world. And then the book of Genesis tells about a man who lived about 400 years after the flood. And what was this man's name? Yes, his name was Abraham. And the stories from creation to the flood to starting to tell about Abraham only take 11 chapters in Genesis, that very first book of the Bible. That's a lot that happened that is told about very quickly, isn't it? All the rest of the book of Genesis, 39 more chapters, is about Abraham, his son Isaac, Isaac's son Jacob, and Jacob's 12 sons, who finally ended up in Egypt and became the nation of the Jews. Phew! That's a lot of stories, isn't it? I will tell you more about them, too, at other times, but not today. Well, Abraham would be the father of all the Jews. And who is the very most important Jew of all? That's right, Jesus. Jesus, who will save us from our sins if we trust in him. And remember, Jesus is also God, both God and man. So, let's very quickly think of the important names in the whole book of Genesis, names of men who were the great-great-great-great-great-grandfathers of Jesus. First, there is Adam and his son Seth. Then Seth's great-great-great-great-grandson Noah, Noah's son Shem. Then Shem's great-great-great-grandson Abraham. Then Abraham's son Isaac. 
and Isaac's son Jacob, and then Jacob's twelve sons. The son of Jacob, who was the great-great-great-great-great-grandfather of Jesus, was Judah. So, Adam, Seth, Noah, Shem, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Judah. All great-great-great-great-grandfathers of Jesus. Next time, I'll tell you more about Abraham. I hope you've enjoyed this. I have.